What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, College Football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. It's Monday. It's Mock Draft Monday. I got my boy Mello. Alliteration makes me so happy. And Connor, which doesn't fit, but we love him anyway. It's going to be a busy Monday for us, too, because there's just so much news to talk about. Uh, we're, We're really hitting draft season in stride here with so much going on. It really is. I mean, the Kyler Murray story is probably the most intriguing one now of this entire draft cycle. One we didn't expect with plenty of other storylines that look even further beyond this year. We got a mock draft that's going to include some wild trades. So if you're sick of the same order, the same picks, the same teams, you're going to be pretty happy after this one, especially a guy like Antonio Brown might be on the trade market. So where will he go? And we'll answer some of your draft on draft questions. Finally, after we haven't been able to the last few shows. Yeah, it is going to be a blast today, like Connor said. Round one mock with trades, which is something that you don't get to see in my articles. But we each get to play GM, so we're going to we're gonna have some trades. We got crazy, and I'm, I've done enough of these mock drafts through the podcast to know that we are going to piss off at least 500 people. <laughs> minimum, yeah, very minimum. Let's jump into the news, though, because like Connor said, uh, what happens with Kyler Murray is the biggest question a lot of people have right now. And as we're recording, I just want to preface this. We are recording Sunday night. We waited as long as possible to record and get this out to you guys. Things could change overnight. He is today in Dallas, meeting with the Oakland A's. Billy Bean is there. Major League Baseball's marketing people are there. They are putting out a full-court press to convince Kyler Murray to say no thanks to the NFL and go to baseball. I think this could be a huge win for the sport of baseball to get a Heisman Trophy winner, to commit to your sport. That's big. Obviously, the A's feel like he's the future at center field for them. Obviously, Major League Baseball sees the marketing potential for him. We've been talking about it for a while now, guys. All of us were hearing that Kyler Murray was going to declare for the draft, right? I think we may have got played to some extent. It, it, oh, like, Connor, you were to get you were with me when this started to leak out. And it was like, okay, well, we, we have to tell people this because these sources are very credible, very reliable. Do you guys think maybe Kyler let it get out that he was considering football just to leverage against the A's in Major League I mean, Baseball? It's, it's reverse John Elway. We're like, we're going to find out in 10 years that he really never even wanted to play football. He just wanted to work a little magic and get an extra deal. And Major League Baseball is like on record as saying they're going to change the rule for this guy and let him take a Major League Baseball contract, which I think is just ridiculous. I actually love the way that MLB does things. Um, I know it sucks. You can't really negotiate for yourself when you're a minor league player, but you know what? That's what your union negotiates for you. So if you got a problem with it, take it up with those guys who are signing $300 million deals. And MLB marketing team, if they're there, screw those guys. You have generational (laughs) talents, and I'm not exaggerating, like fucking Mike Trout, and you can't even give this guy any recognition, what are you going to do for Kyler Murray, who hasn't even taken an MLB swing yet? Like, They're going to take pictures of him in shoulder pads holding a baseball bat. Yeah, you have <laughs> one of the greatest baseball players of all time, probably the best we've seen since Griffey and Bonds, and you're not even talking about the guy barely. Like, screw that noise. I don't know, guys. I, I still feel like he legitimately wants to play football. I, I'm not. When you come out and say... So, I mean, when you leaks out that he wants $15 million to play baseball, that is so wildly and good for him. First off, use your leverage. This is smart. But that is so wildly above the number he was slotted in for a guy that at the end of the day, the chance of making it to the big leagues is not a given. I mean, he hasn't he didn't go to college and hit 400 is what I'm saying here. Now, when he commits to baseball, I'm a believer they could be a very good player. When it comes down to it, though, to me, I, I still think Kyler Murray wants to be a quarterback. I think he's just weighing all of his options and really using, rightfully using his leverage to strike what would be the best deal. Now, like you guys hinted at, it's wild that the MLB is getting involved. But of course, they want this to happen. And of course, the A's want this to happen. But I do wonder how far they are willing to go, because that is I, I saw somebody tweeted out there that that values of being the it was Jason from over the cap that contract that he's asking for from the A's would value at being the 14th pick in the draft. I'm still a believer that Kyler Murray goes top 10 if he does declare for the NFL right. draft. And that's what I was going to say, like based on last year's rookie wage scale for guaranteed or for signing bonus, which is 
similar to what Kyler Murray is asking for. He's wanting 15 million guaranteed signing bonus on the NFL side is, uh, you know, you're getting a lump sum. Quentin Nelson got 15, six as the number six pick in the draft. So uh, with the salary kept going up, I actually think like just based on, you know, the signing bonus, he's projecting out as, you know, maybe being a top 10 guy. And I, We'll get to it in the mock draft of where we think he could be drafted. And I have a mock draft coming out on uh, the Bleach Report app on Tuesday. That's just me. So you can just see my thoughts where I think he could be going. But it is it's something that we've never had to cover. This is my eighth draft of the Bleach Report. I've never seen anything like it before where we're legitimately trying to figure out what what sport a guy's going to go play. So uh, I think like to put a button on Kyler Murray until we have actual news about him, my genuine hope is that he just does what he wants. Like Pat told us, Pat Mahomes told us on the podcast Friday morning, if you missed it, go back and listen to it. He said, you know, just play the sport you love. And for Pat Mahomes, it was football. For Kyler Murray, it might be football, too. Uh, Feels like football. It, yeah. It, just, it really does. Although, what's weird is nine months ago, it didn't. So, like, and I get that because, yeah, hell, I've been in relationships that didn't last nine months. So, I know things can change. But uh, it, it is interesting to see right, right now. And I, I also, I guess we're not putting a button on it. But if he genuinely loved football, I don't think you take the meeting today. Or not genuinely loved it. If he knew what he was going to do, there's no amount of money that would change your mind. Um, well, I think there is an amount of money, but I get what you're saying, though. Like, if he weren't actually intrigued, he wouldn't waste his time meeting with these guys either. And a lot of the blame does have to go back on the A's. Like, you let him play football for another year and go out and win a Heisman Trophy. Like, you drafted a guy who was a backup quarterback. Then you let him go take the starting quarterback job. You should have just said, no, get your ass to spring training, and then you have an outfielder. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, let's continue the quarterback talk. Our buddy Adam Schefter, friend of the podcast, reported Sunday morning that the Miami Dolphins are already eyeing quarterbacks for 2020. So I had heard, um, gosh, it was early in the process from someone at Oregon actually told me, hey, you know what team has been like through here a lot and really been all over Herbert is the Dolphins. It's like, well, that makes sense, right? They're probably going to be drafting fairly early, need a quarterback. Herbert's going to be the top guy. Well, then he didn't come out. So it seems like the Dolphins are probably going to take a pass on Kyler Murray if he declares. Dwayne Haskins probably going to take a pass on a guy like Daniel Jones. It's worth noting they they pick at 13. So there's also the possibility they feel like, you know, the top two, maybe it's Haskins and Jones are off the board and they don't love a Drew Locke or Ryan Finley or whomever else. So I, I think smart. it's <laughs> it's interesting, right? It is smart. It's interesting right now that they are already looking to the future. And this really meshes well with something that we've said on the show a lot, that teams like the the Jets, the Browns, were doing a lot of work on the 2018 quarterback class for a couple of years. So it all the talk that you've heard for a year about, oh my God, this 2020 quarterback class can be so good. Uh, NFL teams are really jumping on board with that. Well, we saw the Bills do this too. They've been tied to Josh Allen uh, if he would have come out the year before and he didn't. Right. So they sat around, they waited for him. So maybe the Dolphins, uh, they are eyeing a guy like Herbert and going to try to snag him next year when he does come out. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Everybody knows it's going to be a talented quarterback class. I Some people apparently are down on Tua. I'm not right now and I think Tua will be a top guy I think Fromm could be a top guy Matt you always point to that we have completely forgotten about Jacob Eason yeah and I mean not this show we say it every no, time no, but not here the world <laughs> the world has and I know the Husky fans should be happy the Jake Browning era will come to an end the Eason era will begin good for them we're all excited for that so I understand that strategy NFL teams I think are finally getting and not all of them but a hat tip to some of them are getting a lot better at realizing that rebuilds can live in a two to three year window, not a one year window. And I think the Dolphins have come to a point where they moved on from their head coach, Adam Gase, and they're rolling with Chris Greer, somebody that they feel like can get them the right talent they need. But they're moving on from Ryan Tannehill. They've moved on, like I said, from the staff. That's a big, big change. You might see whether you do see a change in scheme, whether you do see a change in philosophy the biggest thing is this is a team that needs a new quarterback. And if there's not one that they believe in this year, you can wait and you can tank it and you could be sitting in the top three next year and get your guy. And hopefully you put a foundation around him already with the offseason work you do this year. So I, I like that strategy from the Dolphins. I do think it's time to finally accept that that's what you have to do. Speaking of quarterbacks, one possibly on the move, Jalen Hurts visiting my 
Oklahoma Sooners. What do you guys? Jesus. Not at all. But what do you guys? What do you Get guys the think of, of the fit with? <laughs> I'm getting kicked off the Sunday, show, the Monday show. Um, what do you think of the fit? I actually don't like this fit at all. I like it for Hurts because I think anyone get you know that anyone could look really good in that offense. But I actually think this limits that Oklahoma Sooners offense a little bit if it does happen. I, I agree, and I know Mello. This is your like this is your niche now. It's like transfer oh, transfer players. Yeah. You're the transfer portal king. But I agree, Connor. I think it does limit it. Remember Jalen Hurts trying to run Lane Kiffin's offense at Alabama? Like it didn't work Yikes. very well. They could not throw the ball. And I think what Lincoln Riley has excelled with the last two years are guys who are very good athletes, but they're throwers. Like Baker is a beautiful thrower. Murray's got a great arm and really worked to improve his accuracy. So I look at it and I'm like, man, I really don't know where the fit is here. I understand like you want to get a, a proven player to maybe bide time because I believe they're bringing in like a stud high school kid. But right. if I'm Jalen Hurts, like I, I do look at that offense and think, God, this this actually might not be the best fit for me. Well, and Austin Kendall, he's announced he's transferring. You're right. They're bringing in a five-star recruit. Uh, but the fit for Jalen Hurts here, I don't really see it either. Uh, but if you are Lane, or not Lane Kiffin, if you are Lincoln Riley, and you can get in Jalen Hurts' ear and say, "I can make you a passer," like he, if anybody yeah. can do it, it's either going to be Sean McVay or or Lincoln Riley. So maybe we'll see him work his magic. I know that um, I've been very hard on times uh, with Baker Mayfield. I didn't think he was very good. Turns out he's an all right passer. Same with Kyler Murray. Like I didn't even know if he was going to win that starting job in Oklahoma. Turns out he was pretty good. They went, didn't. To went be on fair. to win a Heisman Trophy. So with Jalen Hurts too, you've seen him be very successful running the ball. I I don't want to see him go to Oklahoma because I don't love the fit, and I would also hate to see what Lincoln Riley could turn him into. Yeah, it could be very very scary. And Lincoln has a great track record right now. Uh, it, it, I think with Jalen Hurts, and not to go too far down the weeds, this, but it will have a ripple effect. Like, where's Tate Martell going to go? Right. I think Tate is probably watching Jalen Hurts of like, ooh, he's he's taking visits to Miami, he's taking visits to Maryland. Now he's taking a visit at Oklahoma. So of the guys who seem like a scheme fit, and like you said, there's a lot of other names in the portal right now trying to figure out where they're going to go. Hell, Texas has two kids in the portal right now who uh, are freshmen. So it, I think everyone is. But Shane Bouchelle might be in the portal before too long. Like, who I think he knows? would be by now. Probably. I, yeah, I think I, he's he just going to be a now. Texas lifer. Uh, speaking of people on the move, I want to talk about this because it's, it is big news that affects our mock draft that we're going to do shortly. Alabama has a press conference, guys. And Quentin Williams and Josh Jacobs uh, declare for the draft. And it's like, oh, damn, Jonah Williams, like, uh, here they go, losing guys again. Notably absent were Deontay Thompson, the safety, and Mac Wilson, the linebacker. So because it's 2019 and Twitter exists, everyone on Twitter freaks the fuck out. Oh, my God, Deontay Thompson and Mac Wilson are returning to school. I knew it. I told you I had sources that said this. And then they declare on Sunday and everybody has to eat their shoe. This is why we at stick to football are not in the business of guessing what guys are going to do. Like, what's the where's the fire? Like, we will know by January 14th at 4 p.m. Central Time who's in the draft. Like, they will give you time to react. The draft right. is not till April. When a kid posts his picture with the little autograph on it, you know he's declared. Like, we, why do people need to do this? Like, I've been, I used to when I was like coming up, I thought, oh, I'll break news. I'll report when guys are declaring. And I actually uh, feel like I could tell this story now. Uh, an agent had told me, hey, Christian McCaffrey's going to declare. Number one, no shit. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I tweet it. Sources tell me Christian McCaffrey has signed with an agent. He's going to declare his family like was just like not mad at me, but they were like disappointed because that was going to be his moment. Right. To like say, hey, thank you, Stanford. I'm declaring for the draft because of that. I will never, ever again. And there are players that that I talked to this year who, hey, should I declare? Here, here's the deal. Okay, I'm going to or I'm not going to. I will never, ever steal a player's thunder well, again. And you look at even Josh Jacobs this year was going at people on Twitter the other day saying, like, I've never said anything about a decision. No one's spoken to me about anything that I'm doing. And then the, I believe the very next day he comes out with a video of all of his highlights at Alabama and how he's declaring. He's like, of course you want to keep that moment to yourself. Like, you have something planned in the works. You don't want some weirdo on Twitter just blowing it for you. So just pump the brakes here and let these guys have their moment. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, if you have a connection with a really good area scout, or sometimes the player. I mean, we talk to players, and you're going to know. The area scout is going to know from the school if he's declaring. So 
I tend to stay away from that. If somebody asks me, hey, do you think he'll leave? I'll say, oh, yeah, I think he probably will. But that doesn't mean like this player is officially declaring for the like you said. So it's not a crazy race or at least it's not a business that we're overly involved with anymore. And um, I got I, I think it's, hard too once Luke. Falk, you can definitely Luke Falk people, his junior year was like, I'm declaring that he didn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But Matt, it's also one of those things where p- players change their mind. It's not yeah. necessarily you got yeah, burnt. It's right. a matter of just like, no, when you heard it, it's what was happening. I think it goes back to our big report on Kyler Murray. But we have heard that Kyler Murray wants to play football and wants to enter the NFL draft. I don't think he's changed his mind. I just think he's like, well, Sometimes yeah. money talks. Like I said, $15 million to go to the minor leagues is an insane amount of money. So good for him. But it's just, yeah, it's a really risky business. And I am personally very happy that Mac Wilson and Deontay Thompson will be in this draft class. Yeah, it makes the draft class that much stronger. Absolutely does. Uh, all right. One guy maybe getting out of it. And this, again, ripple effect to everything that we talk about. Maybe Gronk is going to retire. And I have said before and taken a lot of heat for it, but I truly believe this. He looks like an offensive tackle now. Like, he cannot move anymore. He's still dominant in short areas. He's a great blocker, but, like, my man's knees are done. He just can't run. His whole body movement, it just looks bad. So in the, the offense that I coach is like the wishbone, double tight, run the ball 99% of the time. I made a joke one time in practice that we don't have tight ends. We have an outside tackle. You got your right (laughs) tackle, your left tackle, and then we have two outside tackles. And that is the way that the Patriots used him on Sunday. I know he had some some targets still up to steam and everything, but he looks like a dominant pass blocking, or sorry, run blocking tight end right now. It might happen that just this is his year to retire. I'm okay with that. He's 29. Not just... (laughs) Not, not just because I'm a Jets fan, but I mean, he's 29 years old. You don't want to see the guy get hurt anymore. I mean, he's had so many surgeries. Uh, his career earnings is, is over $50 million, and he's also one of the most highly endorsable players where who knows what that money number is. So if Gron- and I'm sure Gronk doesn't want to walk away. That's kind of what sucks. That's what we forget a lot with athletes is that it doesn't matter the career earnings. It doesn't matter the endorsement earnings. Because these guys can go get Gronk is a guy that's been rumored to actually want to get into acting, but these guys can get you know a lot of broadcast jobs or work with teams, whatever direction you want to go. Some guys just aren't ready to give it up. So I, I'm really curious to see what, and I think the Patriots might move on from him after this year. Will he want to go play somewhere else? Yeah, the, the rumor was they're trying to trade him last year, and, and, they, and he just said like I would rather were. retire than play for someone else. So maybe we do see that this year. I don't know that we're going to see old Gronk in the booth anytime soon, but reality TV is just going to be beating down his door to get this guy his own series. Oh, absolutely will be. It is mock draft time. I am so excited. Mellow, you are on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you for taking one for the team. That means I get to be the GM of the Niners. Connor gets to be the GM of the Jets. Everyone's happy. Let it roll. With the Niners and the Jets picking two and three, I think I will just forever be the first pick (laughs) in this draft, like for whatever reason. Uh, And it's not going to be the same old Monday mock draft that you're maybe uh, getting used to. We're going to mix things up and we're going to go hypothetical here. There's a lot of talk around Kyler Murray and there's a lot of talk around Cliff Kingsbury and what would happen with that first overall pick. So we decided to get crazy. We are going to have Kyler Murray, even regardless of what we think individually, we're going to have him go number one to the Arizona Cardinals, which means, as me acting as the GM for the Cardinals here, I'm going to go ahead and move Josh Rosen for some future picks. I'm going to get number seven overall from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm going to send him down to Florida. So with the first overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals taking Kyler Murray off the board. And you're back on the clock in just a couple picks. I love it. Uh, Like you said, we don't know if this will happen, but let's get crazy because there have been some connections. Uh, And if Kyler Murray's in this draft, I think a lot of people want to know what that would look like. So there you go. Number one. We're just having fun. Having fun. People are going to get pissed either way. Let's just have fun with it. So Josh Rosen is now a Jag. Kyler Murray is now a Cardinal. Number two, my San Francisco 49ers. This is the easiest pick I've ever made in a mock draft. Nick Bosa. Next, Connor, you're on the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Easy enough. I mean, you broke my heart. You took my guy. So I'm getting the hell out of this spot if I'm the New York Jets. And I know a team that will definitely be looking for a quarterback. The Washington Redskins, they come up. They swap ones with the Jets. So they were set to pick at 15. 
They now come up to three. They also give their 2020 first round pick and their 2019 second round pick. So the Jets did not have a 2019 second round pick. They get that an extra one for the following year for a pretty significant jump back. That's a big jump. And the wash, yeah. It's a huge jump. That's why the hall here is it's pretty sizable. But Washington gets Dwayne Haskins and they're ready to move forward for the future. And they got their franchise pass or a three. I like that pick too. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders. Are they in Vegas next year? They're somewhere. Yeah, they don't some, really know. They're, where they're nowhere. They're, they're just right. the Raiders. So we'll just call them the Raiders. They still need edge help. So Josh Allen is on the board right here at number four. Go get your replacement for Khalil Mack. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It makes a lot of sense. If he's there, you guys know how much I love Josh Allen. So I love it. T- five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with Quinn and Williams. And I know he's not the biggest need to have Gerald McCoy that drafted Vita Van last year. Gerald McCoy is getting older. I don't think you can pass on Quinn and Williams in this spot, especially when there's a drop to the next edge rusher, true edge rusher, like a Cleveland Farrell. He's in the teens to me. So I think you go with Quinn and Williams and you think, hey, in two to three to four years, when hopefully we're competitive, this guy's the rock solid anchor of our defense. He's your Aaron Donald. He's right exactly. So Quinn and Williams is the pick for me here. Yeah, I think Quentin Williams is one of the safest players in this draft, and the Bucs really need to hit on that pick. So That's number six, too, the yeah. New York Giants. This is an absolutely great spot for them. They get the draft's best offensive lineman in Jonah Williams. And I like this pick because Jonah Williams has experience at right tackle at Alabama, at left tackle at Alabama, and a lot of scouts believe he'd be the perfect center. So the Giants just add a big piece for that offensive line for the future. And they're setting themselves up very nicely to take a quarterback in that 2020 pick, and they've already been tied to Eli Manning to next year. So I definitely agree with you there, too. Number seven pick overall gets interesting. This is where we did have that trade. So instead of the Jacksonville Jaguars fans getting a pick here, sorry, you get Josh Rosen, and the Cardinals are up again. They already got Kyler Murray. I'm going to give them Ed Oliver, the do-everything defensive lineman here, fills any need that you might have on that defensive line. So you're so I have to, to ask. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to ask Cardinals fans. Would you want to walk away with this draft with Nick Bosa and Josh Rosen? Or would you want to walk away with this draft with Kyler Murray and Ed Oliver? That's a that's not easy spot for your fan base. And I I really wasn't that impressed with what Josh Rosen brought to the I I loved him. So so even if it's not Kyler Murray that you pick here, maybe it's another quarterback even. Uh, Maybe Haskins does go one, but I... I think I like moving on from Rosen, especially if you can get the seven overall pick. That's a, that's a very high value for him. It is. And I've used this analogy before. Players are like cars. You drive that fucker off the lot. It's not worth what it was two minutes ago. <laughs> so I think if you can get seven for Rosen, absolutely do it. I've said, I think realistically, it's maybe a late first or a package of a second and a player or a third and a better player. Like that might be more realistically what you're going to be able to do. But yeah, if, hell, man. If I'm Steve Kime and somebody's like, hey, you want the sixth or seventh pick for Josh Rosen? I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, please let me do it. Uh, I'm on the clock. Number eight, the Detroit Lions. I just said there's not a true edge rusher that I would draft early. I will take Rashawn Gary here because I think in Matt Patricia's defense, he can move all over the formation. He can play on the edge. He can play inside. 6'5". I think he's probably about 275 right now, so he's not locked into any one position, but I, I love Rashawn Gary. I know he didn't have like a great statistical year this year. I think once y'all see this dude test, everybody's going to be like, oh, wait, that motherfucker's like bad. I, like, I he's remember, great. I remember a draft on draft question from a while back that we didn't get to that asked about Rashawn Gary and whether or not he could actually play edge. Do you Do you see him as a guy that could just be the biggest edge rusher we've ever seen? Well, I mean, I think so. He's not that much bigger than a guy like Justin Houston. So, I mean, I I do think, you know, Tom Bahali was big. Justin Houston's like, what is he, like 6'3", I'm going to get it wrong. He's probably like 265. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, he's not that much bigger. And I think Gary just has enough power to his frame that he he would be fine. And you've seen his body transform so much during his time at Michigan. If you look at him uh, from when he committed on signing day. Yeah. He he was soft, and you look at him now, his body is still, like, growing and getting into, like, good shape and, and what he could do. There's no tell. I could see him being, like, J.J. Um, Watt, who was, like, this kind of soft defensive end coming out of Wisconsin. And then next thing you know, he's a ripped-out just Greek god. So that could be Rashawn Gary's future. I need to no get on doubt. that training he's, program. Yeah, he is the scouts' untapped potential guy in this class. Number nine, and this is another one where – could be much more productive at the next level. Buffalo Bills take Noah Fant. 
Listen, I know there's going to be fans say at tight end at nine. That's not how I viewed this pick. This is a mismatch weapon for Josh Allen. This is not just we took a tight end. This is a guy that can outrun linebackers up the seam. He's bigger than defensive backs. If you use him right, I think he could be a very special piece in that Buffalo offense. I love it, especially, man, like if Jonah Williams is gone, who else are you going to draft? Like, yeah, Oh, the board broke. Horribly for me. That was yeah. the big issue. The receivers here. don't I, go this high. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely no, not. God, no. No, speaking of guys that probably won't go this high, I know <laughs> Matt absolutely hates this next pick, but uh, I am up. Fun. I am John Elway with the Denver Broncos, and they're gonna go ahead and dress their quarterback situation. I think right here, I think the Broncos are going to fall in love with Drew Locke. I think the They've arm been eyeing him. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. He's going to light it up at the Senior Bowl. I I will predict that right now. Throwing it in shorts. He is probably somewhere right now as we speak working on his footwork. He's not going to have those off-balance throws, throwing off his back foot. He's going to have a good arm angle, clean pocket in every single practice, and some team is going to fall in love with him, and I think it's going to be John Elway and the Denver Broncos. He better be <laughs> right now with Jordan Palmer because he fixed Josh Allen last year, and it was like, I mean, do, you, do you guys remember watching Josh Allen film like Saturday oh, yeah. and then getting in Mobile and watching him throw Tuesday and being like, what happens? Who's this? Like, right? <laughs> who the fuck are you? And where's my off balance quarterback? And he, he wasn't there. So I do think that Locke can clean up enough of his problems and a guy like John Elway could fall in love with him. I absolutely do. I, I, I just want to make one new rule for this podcast. When we say thrown in shorts, can we say thrown in jorts instead? <laughs> jorts. And just see if people don't ever. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, when he's throwing it in jorts and just keeps speaking and see if people catch on. We'll make it a thing. At the weigh-in, he just he looked great in his jorts, and I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Speaking of looking good in jorts, uh, pick number 11. I can't believe he's still here. I'm going to take Devin White for the Bengals. I've made this pick several times. I think if he's there, they need to continue to get faster on defense, much more athletic, uh, younger. And I, I think that we're going to you know, see what they do with Zach Taylor as their head coach. I mean, offensively, I think they would keep Andy Dalton. Maybe they could try to add some targets here. But like you guys said, it's too early for any of the receivers in this draft. And you have A.J. Green with some questions about the future. Tyler Boyd looked good down the stretch to end it. So I would focus hard on that defense. All right, next up, Green Bay Packers. This team needs an edge rusher. I was really torn here between Ja'Kai Polite, Cleveland Farrell, I think when I look at it, I think Farrell is the more finished product here. Way higher floor. I, I absolutely love this player. And I think if Matt said he'll probably go in the teens, well, he just beat it. He goes number 12. So <laughs> yeah. Green, Green Bay, this is just kind of your home run. 12 is a teen. God damn it. <laughs> Not this time. I, I think Connor and I are kind of like leading the band, bandwagon here for Cleveland Farrell. I, I love him. Too. Yes. I, I think he's going to be a very good pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, it, it takes a big guy to Dude, be Clemson, a good guy. I, I know we shouldn't do this, but do, don't Clemson defensive ends kind of scare you right now? Like none of them have panned out. Yeah, but I feel like this is different under Dabo. Yeah, he's It's different. like saying like, oh, for the longest time, you couldn't draft an Alabama corner. And now Man, I, eh, a lot of those guys go are back there to like well. under Dabo. They're like uh, Kevin Dodd. Like, what, what has he done? Shaq Lawson. Doesn't Vic Beasley. Like, Can I tell you my one reason why I think he's different? Mindset six five two sixty that, but I just think this is that this is the alpha dog of one of the yeah, alpha dogs of this class. That could be it, and I'm not. I mean, obviously, I have him ranked very highly. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Of course, that's right. the kind of thing that you think of because those guys have not panned out. So it makes me wonder. Yeah, and there there's always going to be question to it too. But I think even guys like Vic Beasley, he came in kind of undersized, like two forty five, yeah. and just being an elite pass rusher in the NFL, I think you have to be above. 255. I think Khalil Mack is probably what pushing 260. Yeah. Von Miller is probably the smallest elite pass rusher. Like guys like Justin Houston, 260. You know, you got to be a bigger guy. You think you want all this speed at the corner, but really you need a guy that can go speed to power. And I think that's what Cleveland Farrell brings. And I'm up again, number 13, the Miami Dolphins. I did not know what to do with this pick, honestly. And I probably kind of you panicked. nailed it though. Okay, good, because I was questioning it. I didn't know. No, of course. Uh, of course after seeing the report that maybe they're going to eye some quarterbacks in the next draft, I went and got, uh, you talk about alpha dogs, I think this guy's going to be a great cornerback in the NFL. I went with Byron Murphy out of Washington. I think that a lot of people have him as cornerback one. I know we haven't always seen him or even mocked him that way, uh, but I figured, fuck it, let's get crazy with this hypothetical yes. mock. You already made me take <laughs> Kyler Murray. So, yeah, I'm going to have Byron Murphy be the first overall corner taken in this draft. I disagree with it, but I see where you're coming from because he is a dog, and he's 
feisty, physical. He has great ball skills. Uh, I know like this is Connor's guy, so I'm just going to give you the floor, Rogers. Oh, I absolutely love him. I got to see him at the Rose Bowl. I mean, here's the thing with Byron Murphy. For everything he lacks in size, and it's not just a height thing. I think he's about 5'10 and a half. He's wiry. He's really, really skinny. So he's got to bulk up for the combine and look just as fluid. This is somebody that plays the ball extremely well over the top, downhill, tackles well, will hit you really, really hard coming downhill. But the ball really doesn't come his way that often because he's a shutdown corner. So I think he would thrive in a more zone dedicated scheme, but I think he's better in man coverage than he gets credit for. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He plays very well without his hands. That's corners all the time coming to the NFL where they've just mugged receivers in the SEC or the Big Ten. And I don't see that with Murphy, at least from the limited film I've watched on him so far. He really seems like he can mirror a receiver and attack the ball. Yeah. All right. I'm up the Atlanta Falcons. Here's a pick you all should be familiar with. If you've read my mocks, if you've listened to stick to football, I'm going Jeffrey Simmons here. I I know that a lot of Falcons fans are going to bring up that they traditionally have not drafted guys with uh, character problems, off field issues. There is a video of Jeffrey Simmons uh, breaking up a fight and he punches a girl in the face and it's horrible. And from that day till now, he hasn't been in any trouble. So you guys can come down on that where you see fit. I think the NFL is going to be just okay with it and he should still be a top 15 pick. Yeah. And also if they lose Grady Jared in free agency, this becomes a pressing. And that, not that's just exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. Because without a doubt. So I, I totally get it. And I think he's very, very talented player. And I'm with you, Matt. I think no matter how bad the video was, I think he's going in the first round. So, all right. Number 15, the New York jets after trading with Washington, Kind of a nice scenario here with Greedy Williams falling to 15. Not that crazy. I think he's probably going to be in that 8 to 15 kind of range. So the Jets quietly need a corner. Mo Claiborne's going to hit for agency. Tremaine Johnson did not pan out this year. I think they'll play in a very physical press scheme, a man scheme. And I think Greedy's just a nice landing spot. I think his boy Jamal Adams is probably going to have his back too. No and, joke. And have some oh, positive yes. things to say about him for sure. Oh, and also, I didn't take my guy Ja'Kai Polite here because I think the Jets are going to spend a lot in free agency on pass rushers. I, yeah, I was going to bring that point up. I, I do think the Jets are going to buy their pass rush so you don't have to worry about uh, you know creating one through the draft. They've definitely got the money to spend on it, so you might as well do it somewhere. Number 16, right, bef- right before our break here, the Carolina Panthers, I think, are a team that have a lot of needs, actually. I think one that they have to address sooner or later is going to be protecting Cam Newton. I don't know how much more of a beating this guy can take, so I'm going to give him one of my favorite tackles in the draft here. Yanni Kajust is athletic enough that I think Cam can still break the pocket and do some things and have some protection, and he's also going to help uh, a very good young running back in McCaffrey back there find some open grass. If you missed it, if you forgot while you were driving, Mello just picked. Yeah, I need to adjust for the Panthers. So I'm like clock at 17 for the Cleveland Browns. And man, this team is being built very well. So I'm just going to give them one of my favorite players in the draft. Trayvon Mullen comes in, locks up that spot opposite Denzel Ward. Now you have a physical corner to match up a Ward who's a little bit undersized. And I, I do think that you have to be slightly concerned about Denzel Ward's concussions right now. So if he's going to be out, you got a guy who can be a number one corner for you in Trayvon. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about a team that if you had any concerns about Freddie Kitchens being a, you know, wild card head coaching option, I know it finished great down the stretch, but just as a, a get from a larger sample size, they got Todd Munkin now as their offensive coordinator. Jesus. They got Steve Wilkes as the DC. They've built a very, very nice roster. There's a lot to be excited about with the Browns. So, all right, number 18, Minnesota Vikings. All right, he's finally going off the board. Ja'Kai Polite, I just can't watch it anymore. I I know Daniil Hunter's just been an absolute stud, and I I know they've had Everson Griffin over on the other side. I think Anthony Barr does leave in free agency, and Griffin's a guy getting up there. Did have some off-field problems this year. Um, I I just think this is a team that they don't always care about how loaded they are at a position. They just want talent, and and they'll rotate guys in and out. So I really did want to kind of take a running back here to pair with Dalvin Cook and the health problems he's had. I just didn't see the value at 18, so I went with Polite. I like that pick, too. Uh, It kind of makes my decision easier because I'm up at number 19 where I think the Titans will address that edge rush position. So if Ja'Kai Polite is gone, I think this is where we see Brian Burns come off the board. I actually think Brian Burns goes a lot earlier than this. Just on, like once we see him test and I know like we're in that time of year where it, so much is in flux because of free agency and like coaching changes that we're not real sure like where guys are going to land. But I, I bet Brian Burns goes pretty early, like in, in the actual teens, not at number 12. So great pick for the Titans. He and Harold Landry 
on the same defense would be that'd be very very nice. Uh, number twenty, the Steelers are up. I'm going to go Devin Bush. I think the middle of this defense needs help, needs addressed. I think you saw that down the stretch this year. And as they start to struggle with some of the mobile quarterbacks in that division, like think about that now. Like you have Baker Mayfield, you have Lamar Jackson, and okay, yeah, you have Andy Dalton. But two of the best running or moving quarterbacks in the NFL are now in that division. You got to find a way to stop it. Drafting Terrell Edmonds ain't it. But I think Devin Bush, as your anchor at middle linebacker, step in the right direction. All right. We got a huge trade at 21. This pick was supposed to be the Seattle Seahawks. But the Steelers got a guy named Antonio Brown that they are going to unload. And they could pick back-to-back here. And the Seahawks need to get a weapon for Russell Wilson. So A.B. goes to the Seahawks and only for a first-round pick. I don't think it'll cost more than that. I don't think it'll cost a first and others. There's been rumors about just a second. I think this is the sweet spot. So 21 overall goes to the Steelers for Antonio Brown, who will now be wearing a Seahawks uniform. And the Steelers, like Matt said, got some quarterbacks to chase around. So they get the best edge on the board here in Montez Sweat. I like this pick too. And I think you're right about as far as Antonio Brown goes, you're not going to see a lot in return for him. I think a first round pick is, is plenty for a guy who's already 31 years old. Uh, which puts just a me, nightmare to deal with. Oh, definitely. I don't think it's going to get any better over time. It's just going to get worse, especially once he meets Russell Wilson. But I'm up again, number 22 overall, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take my guy, Nikhil Harry. I know that neither of you probably even view him as a first round pick, but I still think he's wide receiver one until I'm proven wrong. I'm going to have that. So right here, number 22, Nikhil Harry goes off the board. I think I have him ranked at like 29 or 30. So I'm not that far off from you, but I like this need for them. If you're going to commit to Lamar Jackson, you need to give him some targets. And, and I do like, I'm on the fence with Lamar Jackson. He did some very nice things as a runner this year. Not very nice things as a passer. Give that dude some guys with a catch radius. Nikhil Harry has a great catch radius. You need, I mean, this is like so simple, but people miss it inaccurate quarterbacks need big targets, right? It's like a shotgun versus a pistol. That's why you always see these teams get big tight ends. Yeah, they need like Connor did with the Bills earlier. (laughs) Exactly. So I like that. Uh, Mel, we got a trade here. We do have a trade. I am responsible for the Chiefs pick at number 31 overall, but I just can't wait any longer. So I'm going to go ahead and move one of those second round picks that I have and package it. I'm going to move up to spot number 23 from the Kansas City Chiefs. I cannot let DeAndre Baker slip through my fingers here. They definitely need some secondary help. So I believe they will be trading up in this draft to get one of them. If it's not him, I think um, a guy like Taylor Rapp may fit here, or they might even try to target him in the second round. But they have to address the secondary. It's just it has not looked good. We know what their Achilles heel is. So they're going to get Baker to try to fill some needs here. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I like it. I like that a lot. Shit. And this is a team that's super aggressive, no matter what. Yeah. So it does not shock me at all if this would be the strategy. I'm a big fan of getting some corner help. I think Baker kind of fits that Chiefs attitude. He he is really really feisty in coverage and fun to watch. So that's just that's a really nice jamming from the both of you to come to that agreement. I really respect that. <laughs> Number twenty four. <laughs> brother's the other GM. It's easy to yeah. agree with things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I just completely very... sabotaged it and traded within my own teams. With the right. Redskins you didn't and the Jets, even yeah. ask us. So, no, yeah. I, I also, called myself. I also think it's very much like the Texans to move back. We've just we've seen too many drafts where they don't even have a first round pick because they're moving back and back and and whatever. So I, I think that they are not in a position right here to take someone. Uh, they can fill a need later and still get a second-round pick. Yeah, and this scenario, too, it's not like Jonah Williams or Yanni could just fell down the board and is sitting looking at them in the face. They're sitting there like, well, how can we maximize this value and maybe take a couple offensive linemen that are Tier 2 players? So I, I really like that. A team also that's very used to making deals. They have three first-round picks. At number 24, the whatever Raiders is what we're calling them now because we don't know where the hell they're going to be. Going to be super interesting. They got Josh Allen. A pass rusher at number four overall from Mello. He's been an absolute stud this year. I'm going to look on the other side of the ball and take my best wide receiver, Kelvin Harmon. Just a possession machine. Great blocker. Nasty after the catch. I think John Gruden is going to fall in love with this guy. Man, I haven't picked in forever, guys. So I'm just going to sit over here quietly and uh, I'm just, I'll just work on tailgate tour stuff. You guys go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm up again then. Well, the reason why I wanted to trade up with the Chiefs is because I did want to get in front of the Eagles. I think they're another team that could target secondary here. Uh, but since DeAndre Baker is gone, 
I'm going to go ahead and, Matt, you haven't drafted in a while. I'll take your guy, Josh Jacobs, here. Give the Eagles a little bit of help. Maybe getting a ball carrier like this can keep Carson Wentz healthy. Or, you know, maybe Nick Foles needs another target out of the backfield. I don't care who your quarterback is. Josh Jacobs can help him out. I don't think people understand how much I love Josh Jacobs. Like, I know you two both know because I talk about it nonstop. But I love we Josh know. Jacobs. Like, oh, my God. I, <laughs> this is like, it's like Alvin Kamara all over again. It really is. I mean, he's so special. So I hate this pick because I don't want to see the Eagles be good again. But I love this pick. It's such a perfect fit for them with JHI and all his issues. Stud pick. Uh, I would have drafted him at 26 for the Colts. Even with Marlon Mack there, I would not have cared. I'm like, I'm taking Josh Jacobs. So I am on the clock. Finally, I know you guys missed my voice. I'm going to a Marquise Hollywood Brown, give the Colts more weapons at wide receiver. I think one of the reasons they ran into so much trouble against the chiefs was they can't win in a shootout as great as Andrew luck is. You just can't get by with guys who we've never heard of playing receiver and Eric Ebron at tight end. You can't get it done there. Give him some speed, someone who can stretch the field in Marquise Brown. And now we can get Le'Veon Bell. He can just go to the Colts and they don't have to address the, their running back need via the draft. All right, 27. The Raiders are back on the clock again. I've become like the guy that picks for the Raiders when we do these mock drafts, especially at the end of round one. <laughs> John Gruden loves guys that could just punch you in the mouth. We saw New England do it. Uh, yesterday i mean when you look at how they just line up and and they play some power football especially in the red zone i could see the raiders kind of wanted to emulate that i took cody ford here a guy that really hasn't been in a lot of first round conversations but i think he could be a powerhouse guard at the next level I, you know i was talking to matt a couple of days ago and i said is he a tackle is he a guard and matt's like he's a guard and at the next level and when you watch him play his, his play style really translates to that so I think the Raiders are a team. We saw it last year. They will fearlessly keep taking offensive linemen until they get it right. And I think it's one of those scenarios all over again, this time on the interior. And I think for the Raiders, like they, I mean, they did, they, they went left tackle and Colt Miller. It, for me, I would actually play Cody at right tackle for them because you have Osimile at left guard, Hudson at center, uh, Gabe Jackson at right guard. If they keep those guys, there's some, some salary cap things with Gabe Jackson, especially uh, where he might not be back next year, but I would I'd never liked Brandon Parker as a right tackle prospect. Yeah, so same. I would plug him in at right tackle. And like you said, like you are building one a hell of an offensive line that can go power football, but can also uh, protect very well in the pass game. Because as much as like Cody Ford is built to be an interior player, I, I think he could do just fine out on the edge. And he reminds me a lot of Braden Smith with the Colts. Like they took him. Maybe he's a guard. But if you have a need at right tackle, I think he can step in and he can play both guard or tackle, just like you said. So it fills a, a huge need for the Raiders. Number 28 overall, the L.A. Chargers. I almost yeah, called them San go. Diego Chargers. Good job, me. Uh, they are up again, and we saw them get absolutely torched in the running game on Sunday. Uh, an atrocious performance. They can't play 16 safeties on defense like they wanted to. <laughs> uh, so they have to do something to address that, that run defense. I'm going to give him Dexter Lawrence because he is big enough and he is athletic enough that he can go in and he can help stop that run by also taking up some blocks. He's going to free up guys like Bosa and Ingram on the outside. So I think he helps your defense out uh, more than even taking a linebacker here in this spot would or, or taking somebody else in the secondary. I love what he could do with this defense. He's got to get him to pass the test. Yeah, I mean, it's the NFL. There's no yeah, problem there. Right. Yeah, that, you're going to get tested a whole lot. Uh, I, I do like that. I would actually, like, if, if I could just interject, I would look at Mac Wilson, at inside linebacker there. I think the key is, like, they have some dudes that just can't stay healthy with Denzel Perriman and, and Jatavis Brown. So I, I do like that. Number 29, the New England Patriots, who are probably going to win another fucking Super Bowl. Uh, I, we talked about it before. Gronk might retire, even if he doesn't. Dude's a shell of his old self. You have to get younger at tight end. This is the year to do it. There are so many talented players. Y'all took Noah Fan off the board earlier. Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama is tailor-made for New England. It's like Irv Smith Sr. who played in the NFL and his mom were like, let's make a Patriot. Like, probably when Irv was born 20 years ago and Tom Brady was still tearing people up, like starting to, they're like, you know, what? we need a baby to catch passes from him someday. Let's just have one who will be a badass tight end. He's a great athlete. 6'4", 245. Uh, moves all over, plays fullback, H-back, inline, split. He can do everything, and it will. he might not be Gronk because Gronk's amazing, but he can definitely ease that transition. So they're not going with Hawkinson here. He hasn't <laughs> declared, so I think, right? yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think you're right here. They are going to address that need. They just love tight ends too much to have 
an absentee tight end. They're not going to just let some like Allen fill the role there. Dwayne Allen, uh, they would go after somebody in this spot. And he's only here because Ozzie Newsom retired. Otherwise, he would be a Raven. I know they took Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews last year. Doesn't matter. He would be a Raven. <laughs> oh, well, I hope this team's picking last, but we have them at 30th right now. The Rams. You know, they're going to lose a couple pieces in free agency. That's just how it goes when you load up on that many guys through trades, one-year deals, or just the salary cap. You start to get to that really maxed out point. So I took Taylor Rapp here, maybe add some of that or replace some of that attitude they will lose on defense. Very versatile safety. I think he's better in coverage than he gets credit for, but he lives in the box, can play downhill, stop the run, run with tight ends, cover running backs. It's just a chess piece really there for Wade Phillips and the Rams. Wait, did you say you hope they're picking last? He did. Yeah, I want the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Okay, wow. so here's why. I want all of the people that are like, why are people looking for the next Sean McVay? He hasn't won yet. Oh, yeah. To look like absolute idiots. Yeah. That's my, and I really, I'm a big, uh, I don't know if you've heard, a uh, Jared Goff fan. Yeah. <laughs> and I want the people that shit on him to look like idiots because he'll probably win the MVP. And I really, really like Todd Gurley. Man, maybe so, I should be rooting for the Rams too. Then. Well, I was going to say, I'm like, shocked you aren't. On the well, way no, here, I also want, also I want the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, on the way here, Duh. I was talking to Matt. I'm like, who, who do you want to win the Super Bowl? I said I'm good with anyone but the Patriots. I really don't want to see them yeah, win again. And then I, I can see the Saints. I could see myself rooting for them. Uh, the Rams, I really like their team too. And obviously, uh, the Chiefs are probably my number one pick right here but i'm happy with any of those teams just please god don't let the patriots win again i'm fine with I would, any of yeah. the four teams left i really am because i, I like i have guys on <sighs> each team you know like i truly <laughs> well, do pat, pat winning a super bowl because he's probably like what the best friend of the show yeah, out yeah. of any athlete right would be very special but and like, he's the man. So. I love Drew Brees, though. It's like a breeze, like, off. Oh, he kind of, like, rides off to the sunset with one. And Michael Thomas is my guy. Alvin Kamara is our guy. Marshawn Lattimore. Like, that whole team has been on this podcast. So you really kind of run into this area where it's like, ah, oh, shit. I just don't want Mahomes to run into, the, like, the Dan Marino situation where he gets to a Super Bowl in uh, his second year and then is never back. Like, <laughs> let's just go ahead and win this one. thing this yeah. year. Yeah, I can respect that. Uh, I'm up. Oh, I get to close this sucker out thanks to some trades. Ooh, there we go. Number 31, the Houston Texans are up uh, because Melo and I executed that trade. This would originally be pick number 23. I got to fix this offensive line for Deshaun Watson. Greg Little's on the board. I will take him here to shore up probably the right tackle position for the Texans. That is a ginormous need for them. I don't even know that's a word. I just made it one. Otherwise, I feel like this is a pretty good team if they could just get healthy and stay healthy. So, O-line gets addressed there, and then number 32, the New Orleans Saints. And again, this is not a prediction of who we think will win the Super Bowl. They were just the number one seed in the NFC. That's why they're here. I am going to get the quarterback of the future and get Daniel Jones out of Duke to come in there. We don't know how much longer Drew Brees is going to play. He's been absolutely amazing, obviously, but time is undefeated. He's eventually going to stop playing. He's going to be 40 years old in two days, actually. So uh, happy birthday, Drew. But getting a little bit older, they have to start thinking about the future there. It's draft on draft time, folks, and a little bit of a change up this week. I want to ask you guys a question, okay? I have been working all weekend on Tailgate Tour 2019 stuff. You got to come up with a schedule, pitch it to our awesome boss, Jesse. She pitches it to her bosses, so on and so forth. Yay, bureaucracy. But I ran into a bit of a speed bump because there's one weekend that there are three games, and I don't know which one we should go to. So I want some feedback from you guys. Game number one, Oklahoma, Texas, Red River shootout at the Texas State Fair. Mello's looking at me like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Actually, I don't. I can't even imagine where we would get a spot. But just for, we would have to, it would be complicated, but but for fan interaction, you're not going to top that game. No, no, probably not. Okay. Game number two, Penn State at Iowa. I was undefeated. Like I love Iowa. If I could go back to Iowa City for a weekend, I'm going to do it. So that's on the list, too. Game number three, USC at Notre Dame. So those are the oh. three games. I know. Like It's USC at Notre Dame? Yeah. That's going to be my pick. Really? I mean, really? then we have Okay. Well, maybe we don't need to send this to the listeners. I mean, let confirm. them in. If you, oh, it's good. twisting my arm, I'll go to Texas OU. But that is just so crowded okay. and hot well, there. Well, never mind. I think we've made our decision there. There's another no, I, weekend. We should hear from everyone else, though. I, I'm yeah, curious. Y'all weigh in. Uh, there's another weekend in November that is also complicated. Here's why. 
Iowa at Wisconsin, That's, which we've said we want to go to. I right? want to go to Madison this or year. Or LSU at Alabama. Fuck. <laughs> I, I the, call the, me insane. I'd rather do Iowa Wisconsin. I think I would too. Uh, the schedule makers did us no favors this year. It's like this all year of like, oh, uh, oh here, of course. Here's a yeah, weekend. Yeah. Uh, there's one where it's like Michigan at Wisconsin, Notre Dame at Georgia, Oregon at Stanford. I'm like, who? What's, how are we gonna pick? Yeah, I will tell I you. I want to go to Athens. Being biased, yeah. I want to go to Wisconsin this year. I, I want to see Jonathan Taylor run for 200 yards. Right. I, what weekend is it? I hope to God it's cold. Uh, so September 21st is Michigan at Wisconsin, or mm-hmm. here's the one I think we should pick November 9th, Iowa at Wisconsin. Yeah, just go watch them run the ball 50 times each. Yeah, right? That's football. It's more about, like, the fan engagement. Because I got caught in this trap of, oh, what players will we scout? And it's Right, but right. But that's secondary now to we yeah. want to go hang out with you guys. I mean, so. we definitely did that this year. So, yeah, you tell us what game you want us to go to, and I feel like whoever, like, gets the most votes or whatever, yeah. like, that's the game we're going to try to If you to haven't to. caught on, it's based on Mellow and I's kids' schedules. So Every other weekend. Every other weekend. So go to Labor Day, which is uh, when it, or no, not Labor Day. Labor Day weekend, we don't have them. September 7th, we have our children. So September 14th, we don't. Every other weekend from September 14th on, you let us know where you want us to be, and we'll try to be there. So there we go. All right, now time for your guys' questions, now that you know my life story. Johnny Belskacek, Belskacek nailed it. Between Ja'Kai Polite and Brian Burns, who do you think gets drafted first and why? So this is a question I, I saw and I had to get it in here uh, because I feel like you and Connor are both big fans of each one of them. So why don't you guys just go ahead and make your little pitch here. Who do you think gets drafted first and why? I think it's Brian Burns. I think he's longer, obviously, 6'5", 6'6", uh, not very big. He's going to be 240. He was on the podcast and talked to us about that, you know, the weight management. But he's just so athletic. And I, I think it comes down to guys that, you know, like Marcus Davenport last year, when you have length and can have that burst to the quickness to cross the face of blockers and and you can roll those hips around the edge, like that stuff gets pretty rare. So that's why I would pick Burns. I think it's going to be Ja'Kai Polite, and I think to give you the easy answer, I really think he's the next Melvin Ingram. I think he's one of those compact pass rushers, great first step, explosive off the edge, can bend, dip. The way he plants his ankle and can turn is rare. I've seen him pull off a spin move, long arm. I just think he has a better pass rush plan. I think Burns is a guy that there's a lot to be excited about because of his speed around the corner and just being the master of the strip sack. But when I look at Polite, I think he has a higher ceiling as developing into a better run defender. And I just I love his pass rush plan. At the end of the day, I think both guys go in the top 25 picks. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next. Did you want to weigh in, Mello? No, I, okay. I don't really. I would say I'm probably leaning more towards Brian Burns right now. Uh, but if you're going to make me pick, I might put even Montez Sweat above the two of them. Just to be. And it, obviously, I'd put Cleveland? Furl. Yeah, yeah, I'd put Furl. He's probably number three. Pass rusher for me, but Bosa Allen. And yeah, Furl. I actually agree with that. Yeah, I, I part of me likes Cleveland better than Allen. I just want to say it there. I don't run away. Oh <laughs> man, I Somebody I don't like Josh. I like Josh Allen. <laughs> I really liked Josh Allen when he was a top twenty player. I do not like Josh Allen the top three player. Mm. And I know that's such a soft, stupid take, but it's it's and we'll get. This is not the time. This is not the time, but. I'll leave it at that. All right. I mean, I made that argument for Baker last year, and I I think it was a little short-sighted. There was no way I was going to actually root for him. But it's like, you know, I like him in the mid-first round. I don't like him top 10. He proved me wrong, and I still don't like him. But uh, I get where you're coming from. All right. There we go. Next question. Tommy Tankers. Love you, Tommy. What would you do with the Foles-Wentz situation? What do you think will happen? So do you trade Nick Foles or trade Carson Wentz is basically where this comes from. I think you have to... (laughs) You got to shop both of them. I, exactly. I, think, I mean, <laughs> yes. As crazy as it sounds, Foles has taken you on two pretty damn good playoff runs. He won you a Super Bowl, and he's he's playing very well. So I, I think you got to shop both of them. See what your plan is. I mean, I love Carson Wentz as a prospect and what he can do on the field, but th- he just can't stay on it. He's always hurt. He was always hurt at North Dakota State. So what do you really have at quarterback? Nothing if he's not on the field. So I would just like to add in that I'm very proud of you two because you've obviously been hanging out with me because now you're like, I'll trade anyone. Like, I don't (laughs) care. I'm not attached to anything. Uh, We're going to put you both out there. And if someone offers us two firsts for Wentz, 
See you, buddy. Oh, I mean, I would Great. do it. I would too. I mean, especially I if think... it's a high team, like drafting high. Get a top five pick. You already kind of have a quarterback that you're really not paying that much anyway. Go for it. I just at what point are we worried about Carson Wentz physically? Because this isn't like a pro thing. This was in college, too. Right. Yeah, two I love the player. I love the player. I, I mean, just am starting to really wonder about him. Looks like an MVP last year when he was on the field. And then he gets hurt. And it's has he played a full 16 games? Like, has he played 16 games straight over any season that he's even been in the league? I don't I don't know if you can answer yes to that question. So I know a lot of Eagles fans, and I believe Tommy Tankers is an Eagles fan, but I think a lot of them are going to be pissed off, and they're going to say, oh, you can't trade Wentz, you can't do it, he's our franchise guy, whatever. I think you got to look at it if the guy can't stay on the field. Well, and I think now, like with the back injury, like that's the same back injury he had in college, and then he broke his wrist. And then, you know, in the NFL, he's been banged up too. So I, man. I, and they have a very good offensive line. They had two all pros this yep. year, and plus Jason Peters at left tackle. That's a good offensive line. And he still just can't cut it. He can't stay healthy. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, so I would obviously shot both as well. Miles Jamison, good question here. Can Cliff Kingsbury bring out a Jared Goff-like transformation in Josh Rosen? I'm going to answer first and just say absolutely not because Josh Rosen is not as good as Jared Goff. He also doesn't have Todd Gurley behind him. He doesn't have Andrew Whitworth protecting him. So I, I think for a lot of different reasons, uh, I have – Spent time. I've talked to both Rosen and Goff during their pre-draft processes. I did not feel like Rosen. I, I know he's very intelligent. I didn't feel like he was as football smart as Goff, and I know that will rub a lot of people the wrong way because th there was oh, this Rosen's a savant. I thought Goff was much smarter about not only like concepts and and how he was going to have to get better, but also just about like how to be a quarterback and be a leader and be the the face of his football team. I like that take, too. And, it, I mean, if you want to talk about Kingsbury, what has he really done for quarterbacks? He had Pat Mahomes, who just threw 50 touchdowns in the NFL. He had him at Texas Tech for three seasons. And when Pat declared, we even saw him get a what day three grade from the advisory So committee. that's not true. I, I know that story came out. That is, like, uh, I, I, I don't know so, who said so, it. Chris so Collins was round it. two. Yeah, he got a round two. He got a yeah. round two grade. That's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen. And Cliff Kingsbury couldn't get him in the first round grade of the NFL draft. Like you had the marquee guy that's like saying, what's he going to do with Josh Rosen? I don't, he hasn't proven anything. He hasn't developed a quarterback. He had Baker Mayfield, Pat Mahomes. And what do you do? Win eight games in a season. Congratulations. Hey, here's the bigger thing too. Nobody knows if he's going to try. He might move on from him. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. There's people that have shot it down. I'm not convinced that that's his guy. Yeah, I'm not either. And I, when you said, is he going to try? I thought you meant Josh Rosen. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe. You hope so. <laughs> you know, and honestly, that's one thing that I hated on with Josh Rosen during the whole draft process was, is he going to actually respond to coaching? And is he going to respond to a guy who's just coming from college and really doesn't even seem like that much older of a quarterback coach? Is he going to respond? Is he going to listen to Kingsbury? Or is he going to revert back to the, you know what? I've been in the league longer than you have, Cliff Kingsbury. I know more about this stuff. I'm going to go out you and do it my way. from Texas Tech. Yeah, I went to UCLA. I'm in Mensa or whatever. Yeah, that's, 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 that's <laughs> Jesus. I think we just end the show on that note, Mello. That's that's a good good way to end it. So uh, programming note for the week, it's weird. Um, I'm going to be in L.A. covering the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. So Connor and I will still be on the regular show Wednesday morning like you all have gotten used to. I might just sound funny because I'm going to be bougie as fuck, probably drinking a mimosa and sitting by the pool. The Friday show will be the same. Mello and I are going to kick it. We're going to get you guys prepared for the Senior Bowl and any news and notes that come out of the transfer portal all week, we're going to cover it. And Matt's not going to be in-house to tell me to stop drinking, so I'm just going right. to be like seven beers deep by the yeah. time he calls. Because I'm definitely the guy who would ever be like, stop drinking. No, we have a not. breathalyzer <laughs> in this office, so I don't think it's me. And then we will all be back together one week from today. We are going to preview the Senior Bowl roster. So next Monday, no mock draft. We're going to run through the Senior Bowl roster and give you our, our players to watch at each of the major positions. Then Monday, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, Monday night. 21st we will be together holding hands probably sweating on each other sharing beers hell yes we will be together in person 
with TR, with Whiskey, with Jesse, with our boy Adam Heisler. Jared Brown's going to be there. BJ from the Chiefs is going to be there. At Draft Picks Tap Room on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama, 7.30 o'clock. First round of beers are on me. You guys come out. Let's just talk football. We'll record some of it. You can get your voice on the podcast, but mostly... I want to beat you at cornhole. So please come out and hang out with us. Connor will do autographs. Mello will hug We you. need to even like set a bet on if you play cornhole. I won't. <laughs> I get too no shot. I just get I too busy. Did you throw one bag at Ohio State? Yes. Uh, Austin and I played one game. One game. I got so cool because I take my coat off to throw. And I was like, this isn't worth it. I started doing shots at Jameson again. <laughs> So that's the the choices we make. So Monday night, please come hang out with us. We don't have any friends. Please come be our friend. Uh, but we will have some swag to give away. I think we got stickers and koozies at least. And I mean, I've talked about it before. If you want to come fight Matt, that's the spot <laughs> that's, to do well, it. Go ahead. Man. Yeah, this is the time now. You get your chance. <laughs> you know, catch these hands. We're going to be at draft picks. Uh, you can tell me about how the best view from scouting is the end zone. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's especially it. when you're watching <laughs> quarterbacks on the other side of it <laughs> to see where they throw so you're watching from behind oh my goodness all right that's our show connor and i will talk to you guys wednesday morning hope you guys have a great monday and as always follow us on twitter at six football send in those questions there we'll try to get some of them while we're on the road thanks guys